We are FBC Summit, leading everyday people to love Jesus and make him known. Thank you so much for joining us today. So today we're going to go to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. As we talk about missions here at FBC Summit, every trip that we go on, whether it's across the street or around the world, the primary focus of whatever we are doing is sharing the gospel. As I talk about mission trips that we have got planned throughout this upcoming year and all the opportunities that are going to be placed before you as the church, just know that there's going to always be the opportunity to share the gospel. If we're not doing that, then we're not going. If we're just going on a trip and we're not sharing the gospel, that is what I consider to be a vacation. So therefore, we're not going to do it. There will always be the opportunity to share the gospel directly to people as we go on these different trips and have these different opportunities here at FBC Summit. So at this time, I'll ask you to please stand as we read from Acts 1, verses 6 through 9. Verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made on that cross for each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray that we would be obedient to your calling. As I said just a second ago, you commanded us to go out and make disciples, to share our faith. Lord, fill us with your courage and your boldness as we live our lives to share who you are. And Lord, throughout this morning, I pray that you are glorified and honored. Lord, that we would see you more clearly this morning and going forward in each and every one of our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the way that you love us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the big idea today is that we are to be witnesses in all the world, as we saw in that scripture right there, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So as we talk about how we accomplish the mission's goal here at FBC Summit, we go off of that scripture. We start with young people as well. As I shared just a second ago, VBS all week long, I had the opportunity to share with first through sixth graders, and there was another person or several people that were doing preschoolers and sharing with them. So missions does not start whenever we get to be college-age students or even older. It starts with the foundation that we lay with these children and telling them about what missions is. So there's an actual mission strategy that I would like to share with you this morning as we talk about our first through sixth graders, um, first through sixth graders plus our students and our college students as well that Trey and Scott and I have sat down and talked about. And then that's going to flow forth into all of the opportunities that we have going on here at the church. Our first through sixth graders... Now, this is laying a foundation to teach them how to serve. And as we do baby dedications and all these things around the church with these children, we are laying foundations that as we send these children off into the world as they get older, they would stand on solid ground and not waver from the things that get thrown at them in this world. First through sixth graders have opportunities such as mission projects at our church. 
On Wednesday nights, they do mission projects over in their rooms. They make things for different people in the community. Um, and then those get given out to show the love of Christ. So I don't think it's ever too early to allow our children to be able to share what is going on in their life. Some of them may not have accepted Christ at this point, but they are already showing the love of Christ as they live their lives as first and second graders. Third through second, sixth graders will have the opportunity to go into our community nursing homes and things like that, to be able to just sit down and love on people. They will also be making um, projects and things like that to be able to send into our community as well. So as we're doing this, we're involving everybody in the church. We're not just saying this is for the adults of the church or even the college students, but it would be for each and every person that is in this church. Seventh through eighth graders will be sent out um, for a day to go to Jackson or somewhere close by to be able to serve for a day and then be able to come back. As I've talked to Scott about this, you need know, logistics and all of that to be able to get 7th and 8th graders out of town, back in town, and what that looks like. But at the end of the day, we're taking them out of their comfort zone, which is Summit and Macomb, Mississippi, and sending them to another town to allow them to serve, to be able to see other things that other people are dealing with um, that's many times that we're so blessed to not have to deal with. What is that doing with those students? It's putting them outside of their comfort zone. It's changing their perspective. It's helping them to, to adhere to the command that God gave to each and every one of us. So as these 7th and 8th graders go out, then we're already setting strong foundations in these students' lives to be able to serve Christ as their Lord and Savior. Ninth and 10th graders will go for a day, go up to Jonestown. Um, I'm going to share a little bit more about this in just a little bit. It's about three hours from here. They'll have opportunity to go up and, and, and work there and be able to serve in that community. Um, gets them a little bit further away so that they are a little bit more out of their comfort zone and see things that they may not see right here in Summit, Mississippi, but also be able to share the gospel with a group of people who need to hear that. And then our 11th and 12th graders, we are working on a domestic trip, probably around Cleveland, Ohio, that we would send 11th and 12th graders so every age group from our first graders all the way through our 12th graders will be given opportunities to be able to go on to the mission field and serve in a real way. Now, college students in here, your, your opportunities are wide open. That, that throws you into our international missions, of which I'm going to share the opportunities that we're going to have laid out throughout the upcoming year, and you would have the opportunity to go on those trips. So our mission strategy for the church, what does that look like? As we come to our first note, we go back to Acts 1, 8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That we would go in concentric circles and spread out from this church. That we wouldn't just stay right here, but we would go to the uttermost parts of the world to share the gospel. Now some of that starts right here inside these doors. Serving in our church. How are you serving in our church? There's a ministry survey that's going to be in our small group folders this morning. I encourage you to fill that out. Pray about how God wants to use you. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a member of this church, you should be serving in some capacity. And there are so many opportunities right here inside the doors of this church that will allow us opportunities to do so. Nursery and preschool. There are tons of babies down there that need to be taken care of. If God has equipped you in a way that that is where you are called to be, then certainly let us know. We would love to have you down there. As I talked to the children this week, I, we, we watched videos that went along with the VBS curriculum. We talked about what missions look like. 
At the end of the day, as believers, we have been equipped with gifts. And some of you have gifts that I don't have, and I have some gifts that you don't have. But all of us in God's perfect plan uses all of us as the body of Christ to accomplish His goals. So as we go through these different opportunities, pray about where God has you, what He's placed in your life, and what He's placed in your heart. What is it that you're passionate about? There's some things that you're sitting right now thinking, man, you know what? I'm good at fill in the blank. If I mention one of those things, reach out to one of the ministers in this church and let us know. Because it's way more than just sitting in these pews. It's being used by our Lord and Savior. We talked about our children. There are opportunities with VBS. Um, Trey's going to share numbers with you here in just a second. You see a lot of red shirts in here this morning. Those are leaders that would have helped throughout this past week. We had a ton of kids here this week. But there's opportunities there as well to come and pour into. You talk about missions. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to do announcements, and I shared that VBS is the biggest evangelistic tool that we have here at this church. Why? Because for five days, we're going to have 300 or more children on this campus. And guess what gets told to them time and time again? The gospel. I mentioned missions. We shared the gospel. Bible study. They shared the gospel. They went to crafts. They shared the gospel. They went to recreation. They even got the gospel shared there to them. So we just saturated these children with who Jesus is and what He can do in their lives. When I tell you, you're reaching out in a huge way into these children's lives and it transforms their lives. There's some of them that made decisions and Trey's going to share some of that with you this morning. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Being obedient and being used. And at the end of the day, as I shared with so many of these children, some of them we had conversations as we talked through missions throughout the week. I allowed them to ask questions. And they said, do you ever get scared? Yes. As I shared a minute ago, I would love to get on an airplane and say I was just not worried about anything. I would love to tell you whenever I'm walking out in the middle of nowhere that I'm not worried about anything. And you know, I've finally gotten a little bit better because it used to really bother me whenever I would open my mouth because I was so afraid I was going to say the wrong thing to somebody. It's not about me. And it's not about you. It's about what God's doing in your life. He will equip us to do His will. If we are obedient to Him, He will use us. And there's so many times that I've walked away from conversations that I go, where in the world did that come from? Because it wasn't me. I don't have any capacity to say some of the things that come out of my mouth. It's the Lord speaking through me so many times. So if that's a fear of yours, do not let that hold you back. Youth. There's camps. There's denials. There's so many opportunities to pour into our students. To share with them. To build that solid foundation because they get inundated with so much garbage from this world. As we do baby dedications down here so many times, we agree that we're going to walk alongside these families and providing a Christ-like environment every time that we're around those families. Well, these are things that take place right here in our, on our campus. We should be pouring into these children, into these students, and providing that foundation that we talk about so many times as we do baby dedications, what does that foundation look like? That we're pouring into them, we're sharing God's Word, that we're sharing the Gospel, we're showing them how to live their lives, how to read their Bibles, how to pray, all those things that are so important in our lives so that whenever they walk out of these doors and they become more independent and they start going into this world, that they have a good foundation to stand on and this world doesn't knock them over. 
Now, adults, there is a lot of opportunity for you as well. So many times we talk about what small groups are doing here. If you're not involved in a small group, that's one of the most important things that you can do here at the church. If you're just coming to the sanctuary for worship and then you're going home, I encourage you to find that small group. That's how you get plugged in and you meet other fellow believers and you're able to be held accountable and hold others accountable. So therefore, you're able to grow in your walk with the Lord. So there's an opportunity to serve in a small group. There's also opportunities. You see people standing around outside these doors saying, Good morning. Good to see you this morning. There's campus monitors. There's greeters. There's midweek meal people. There's so many things that go on here right inside the doors of this church that you can be a part of. And I encourage you to find your spot. Find the place that God has called you here to be. If He called you here to be a part of FBC Summit, He has a plan to use you inside this church. He wants to use you inside this church, so pray about how He wants to use you and what that place is here at the church. We just heard Evan and Haven in the group sing. Most Sundays, all of these chairs are full. There's an opportunity to sing in the choir, to be part of worship, to serve in that capacity, to help lead in worship. If God gave you a singing voice, make a joyful noise, do that. Do not hold it back. Because at the end of the day, He gave it to you not for yourself. He gave it to you to glorify and honor Him. So if there is a musical ability that you have inside of you, use it to glorify Him on Sunday mornings. Be part of what goes on up here. There's opportunities right there to do that. There's media guys. There's guys sitting on cameras. There's guys running sound. There's guys in the back of this building doing all kinds of things. If that is, your, if that is what God has gifted you with, then use that. Find ways to get plugged in right here at FBC Summit. And then Senior Adults has a great, a great, great ministry. Primetime. They get together all the time. There are, there are, there's a connection group where our senior adults are getting connected to our students and they're encouraging them as they're off uh, at colleges and things like that, pouring into them. We have Meals of Mercy that happens each month on Thursday where we have people in this church that go out into, that prepare meals and go out into the community and give these meals to people who cannot get out. What an incredible ministry. And there's so many others that I'm not going to mention. Some of these you may not have ever heard of because you, we may not mention them. Be part of the things that are going on here at FBC Summit. So that, that is our first serving opportunity inside our church. Next is in our community. Next week there's going to be opportunities for the small groups to partner with community outreach. We've done this over the last several years. There's about 14 different partnerships over the last six or seven years um, that we've partnered with here at the church, and we do that through small groups. So a minute ago, I said it's important to be involved in small groups. That's where so much information and so much opportunity comes and flows from is through our small groups. Those things include schools, hospitals, fire departments, police departments, children's organizations, nursing homes, the homeless shelter that we have right here in Macomb. There are so many opportunities. And if you go into a small group and your small group does not have a partnership, there's going to be an opportunity next week for you to partner with one of those that I just mentioned. That you would be connected and you would take it on and adopt it as your own. 
that your small group would take ownership in that community outreach project because you know what? If I'm trying to run and, and do one thing, then I'm probably going to do it for a few times and I'm going to leave it alone. But the things that you fall in love with in your small groups are going to make longer connections and allow our church to be involved in our community in a much bigger way, to be able to minister to those people all around our community who are in time of need and need to hear the gospel presented to them that we would go outside these doors, across that street, because one of the opportunities that's going to be had is a school just right one block from this church that we would be going to those children and sharing the gospel. Here we go back to Acts and what it tells us to do, that we would minister to those people right in our doorstep. Are we doing that? Are you doing that? There are opportunities for you to do so. Our third note is serving in our country. These are domestic trips that we are going to have upcoming. There are several that are going to be um, going on in just the next few months. And I'm going to encourage you to pray for those people that are going on that. There's a group going to Jonestown, as I mentioned a minute ago. That is up in the Mississippi Delta. We're going to take our high school students that are interested and go up there, leave on a Friday, come back on a Saturday night. We went up there last year. At one time, was the most poverty-stricken county in the entire country. There is nothing there. So we took backpacks filled with school supplies because the children did not have the ability to be able to buy school supplies to be able to go to their local school. We're going to do the same thing this year, but we're going to take our students because they're connected a little bit clo more closely with these students that we are trying to pour into and allow them to be able to hand another child a backpack but also be able to share the love of Christ. They'll have games, they'll do all kinds of cooking and all kinds of things to be able to draw the people in this community in because there is one church that is in that community. Now, does everybody go to that church? No. So it's important for teams like ours to go into this community and to share what Jesus is doing here at FBC Summit and in our lives with those people to encourage them and to share the gospel and not let them be on an island by themselves where they have no gospel being shared with them. So our students, our ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th graders are going to have that opportunity to go up there and do that in a real way. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to have a group. Our student choir is going to head to Buffalo, New York. Bradley and I had the opportunity back in February to go up there and do a vision trip. We picked a really great time of the year because it was snowing, about four feet of snow on the ground. So we landed and ran around for a day. We left here on a Sunday afternoon after church and got back Monday afternoon. But in that, believe it or not, in that amount of time, we were able to see what God wanted us to do is we were going to send another group of students to Buffalo, New York. They're going to go into what they call, what we call a town. They call villages up there and do VBS for a week. Our student choir, of course, sings. There is a gazebo in the center of town. They're going to sing songs and draw people in to be able to share Christ with them as they go throughout that week. So be in prayer for that group as well that's going to be coming up in just a couple of weeks um, to head out up there. I uh, mentioned just a second ago, I'm working on a partnership with a guy in Cleveland, Ohio, where we would be partnered with multiple churches across the entire city. My prayer is, is that this partnership would allow us to go into this area time and time and time again because there's 10 to 15 churches that we would be able to partner with. So as we have different people with different talents and different abilities, that they're able to match us up to the church that has the need for the people that we're sending. So we would continuously be sending people to aid and what they have up there. But every one of these is that you would share the gospel with the people in the areas that we're talking about. Then as we reach our final note, serving around the world. 
think the last time that I stood before you and did this probably about a year ago, we talked about how COVID had knocked us off the mission field. So many missionaries had come off the mission field. Um, there was one guy that I was, um, had gotten to know over many, many years who got COVID, was in really bad shape. Um, the Lord, the Lord kept him from dying, to be honest with you, because he was on a ventilator for about three and a half months. And when I tell you God is in the midst of all the things that we live and do and live in our lives, He's in the midst of everything. A real story about a missionary, um, George Smith, who was over in Uganda. He's one of our partners from a few years ago. Man gets COVID. They don't have the health care that we have here. He gets sent to Kenya, put on a ventilator for about three and a half or four months. I get emails and texts one day, pray for George. He is not going to make it. Now, he's connected to a lot of different people. I believe in that moment that there was a, thousands of people that were praying for George to, to make it through, to overcome the sickness that he had. Because in that moment, that my email said he is not going to make it. I get an email two days later, he's doing better. A week later, he's doing better. A few months later, he's coming back to the United States. He's in the United States. He's actually back working now. So when I tell you God moves in incredible ways and can do anything in our lives, He is the God of the universe, and He is the God of everything to each and every one of us. So as we talk about going around the world, there are going to be, there's going to be another trip that's going to be coming up in July, Ecuador, one of our longest-running trips that we've had here at the church. It is a great partnership with Casa de Fe. There's an orphanage down there, and there are so many of you that have been there and are engaged in what's going on down there, where you go for a week and you are able to love on those orphans and just to be able to share with people who do not have anything the love of Christ. Now, there's multiple teams that go down there year in and year out, but it is our calling to go down there as well and to share and pour into those people. So if that sounds like something that you would like to get, be involved in, please let me know. As we go throughout these next several trips, I'm the one to come to to talk to about it, and I would love to have you partner with us on these opportunities. Guatemala's coming up, coming up in August as well. We made a partnership down there last year. We took several guys, um, went down to Antigua, Guatemala. It is very close. As we talk about some of these mission trips being very difficult, long way, this is one, if you've never been on a foreign mission trip, this may be the one for you. It's an hour flight. If you can drive to Jackson, Mississippi and get on an airplane, it takes roughly an hour and 15 minutes to get to the airport. You can get on an airplane and fly for an hour to Houston. You can get on another airplane and fly for about two hours to, Antigua, or to Guatemala City, Guatemala. Three hours. You can barely drive to Meridian in that length of time. They have Western culture. They have restaurants that you can get food that would be very much like what you would eat here in the United States. So if you're looking to go on a foreign mission trip, but you say, hey, some of these other ones are maybe a little bit too much for me to bite off and chew at one time, this one I would encourage you to look into. Now, you're sharing with people. Many of them have never heard the gospel. Now, there are some that you're going to share and encourage that already have churches. We're partnered with a man down there who pours into these different churches and helps them plant these different churches in this area. So there would be great opportunity to go into these communities in Guatemala and share Christ with each and every one of them. One that I'm really excited about, as I mentioned a second ago, George came off the mission field in Uganda, but we have another partnership that we've created in Zambia, Africa. Larry, Scott, and myself are going to be leaving in a few months to go over there with a few other people um, to 
start a partnership to not only do mission work, but also to lay the groundwork for what I hope and pray is going to be a long-term partnership in this part of the world. They are doing incredible things. I shared with the children throughout this past week um, what that looks like as you go to the other side of the world. How do you do missions? So they have come up with an incredible plan to reach out into these villages and, and reach these people. Our church is actually going to partner with this group and build a school that trains pastors. Build the school, 25 men that come from the villages and the communities that feel the calling to serve will be trained in the correct way in teaching the Bible. Um, we will have opportunity as we're over there to be able to help train those pastors. So over two years, 25 men will graduate from this school. At that point, they have soccer games. Now, around here, if we got a soccer game together, we may have 150 or 200 people show up if that was a really, really good day. Over here, it is soccer around the world is just the love of everybody's life, apparently. So they have soccer matches where they invite people to come. Um, one person that was meeting with us said, do we need to get some people to bring over there to play soccer? And they said, no, you, you don't want to bring anybody that's going to play these people. They will, they will destroy you. But they have teams that they bring in, and they play these different villages. And when they do this, there are 5,000 people that show up to watch this soccer match. I have never coached soccer, and I don't know a whole lot about it other than you try to kick that ball into that net. But apparently there is a halftime. At halftime, they have somebody stand up and present the gospel. They will have 1,000 people. They say, go under that tree if you're interested in hearing more about what you just heard. They'll have 1,000 people walk and stand under that tree. Out of those 1,000 people, now you have the 25 pastors who are trained that can go and start 25 churches with the people that you just told to go stand under the tree. Now, over time, they, they start meeting under trees and in different areas, but over time, as they grow as a church and they str become stronger, they are able to build buildings that they can meet in. So talk about a long-term partnership and a process of multiplication, that is what this group is doing. Because it's not just one school of 25, it's multiple schools of 25. And as the one group graduates from that school, then you have a whole nother group prayerfully that came out of that thousand people that started going to that church that feel the call to ministry that go back into that school to become another group of 25. So you're planning 25 here, 25 the next year, 25 the next year. You're growing at an exponential rate and you're reaching into all of these communities and it's self-sustaining because these are the people from those communities. Our church would partner to be able to provide funds to be able to build some of the buildings to do the things that they're doing and also be able to go over to share with the people in the village and to be able to train the pastors that are there. So be in prayer for how that partnership looks as we go forward going to Zambia, Africa. And then in the spring, we're working on Romania. That we would be able to go. There's multiple options there that we could serve as VBSs and medical and all kinds of opportunities. This is one that I've had on the books for many, many months, but it keeps getting moved for one reason or another. Now, as I've stated before, our goal is a church is to be on every continent, and we're quickly approaching that. We were one continent away before COVID, and we're quickly approaching that again. So be in prayer for how God can use you, whether it is across that street or around the world. I pray that there's some of you sitting here right now that go, man, I have always felt like I was called to go to 
fill in the blank, Africa, Romania, Guatemala, Ecuador. I want to be used in the school across the street. I want to be used in the place in Jackson. I want to be used in the place in the Mississippi Delta. And at the end of the day, as I stated whenever I started this, we are all called to be on the mission field. The most important mission field that all of us has is that day-to-day life that we live and the people that you encounter as you go to your jobs and schools and all of those things. Because as I talked to these children throughout the week, I said, where can you share the gospel? And thankfully, so many of them said, I can go back to my school and I can share with my friends what Jesus is doing in my life. And that's what each and every one of us is called to do. So as we leave here today and we go back into our jobs this week, I pray that we're sharing the gospel every day, that this isn't a July fill in the blank, go somewhere, and then I wait till the next July to do that, but I'm living that out as I go forward. Now, how can I be involved if I don't go on mission trips? There are several ways that you can do that. Pray. Pray. Prayer is powerful. Pray individually and specifically for the mission team members and the mission efforts of the church. Make that part of your everyday prayer. So many of you get prayer texts on different nights as you're involved in whatever small group you're involved in um, that we ask you to pray for certain targets of the church. But make this part of your everyday prayer life. What is the mission of the church? Where are you going to use me, Lord? Help me to have the eyes to be able to see the people that you place in front of me on a daily basis. And help me to be obedient for that. Give. You are, we have been so blessed here at the church. As we get up here many times for announcements and we, we tell you where the tithe, tithing and offering boxes are out in, those, out in the lobby, you have been so faithful. So we talk about all the things, all these opportunities that are afforded to each and every one of us here at the church, but you have been so faithful. There's probably between $500 and $750,000 that goes from this church to missions because of your giving. First Baptist Summit has always been a missional-minded church, and I'm thankful for that, but I'm thankful for people just like you who give toward those offerings that we take up. Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, Margaret Lackey, You give to the Global Mission Fund. You give to these trips and how that flows out into this world and is able to change people's lives. I'm so thankful for that. As we talked about small groups, my prayer is that you would adopt through small groups some of these mission opportunities around the world. That you would be engaged all year long with these opportunities. That it wouldn't be just let's go one time and let's forget about these people. But we're constantly praying and we're constantly giving. We're constantly engaged with these people in a real way. And then as you go and you serve on, these, on the mission field, that you would come back. Because you know who the greatest spokesperson is for a lot of these opportunities? You, if you go on it. If God grabs hold of your heart and starts talking to you about what He's changed in your life because of where you went, come back and share that with other people in this church. That's that note about changing that perspective that we all have. Because when you come back and you do that, then that changes the perspective that we all have about people, about this church, about this world. It unifies us in a real way. It strengthens this church in a real way. So I encourage you to do that as well. As we come to the closing of this, go. We are all called to go. Whether I've said, like I've said, it's across the street or around the world. 
It's not an option to sit on the sidelines. It's just not an option. The rest of our lives, we, have always, we always want to be involved in everything that's going on. You know, whenever I was growing up, I played sports, and I never wanted to sit on the sideline. I hated that. I don't know if you like sitting on the sidelines, and we'll talk after we get finished here. But I never wanted to be on the sideline. Why would I want to be on the sideline of the greatest calling that has ever been given to me? And if I'm a believer in Christ, that's every one of us. Why would you want to sit out whenever God wants to use you? The God of the universe wants to use you and I to achieve His goal. And you know, I just said something right there. The God of the universe, and I've used that term so flippantly throughout my, my life. We had an opportunity a few weeks ago to take the college students up to the Ark and the Creation Museum. We went to this show that was called the Planetarium, and they started zooming out. And I know they've studied science, but you sit there and you start getting a real visual where they back out from the Earth to the moon, to the solar system, to the galaxy, to the universe. And they only went as far as human mind can comprehend. The God that created all of that in His perfect plan placed every one of us on this very specific planet in a perfect way and sent His Son out of all the billions of stars and possibilities that He could have done. He sent His Son here. Placed us here. His Son died on a cross for each and every one of us. So when you start looking at the expanses of who God is, and I can't even come close to wrapping my mind around it, He loved me so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross to take away my sins because He knew that I had a need that I could never, never, never get over by myself. Because of Him, He saved me. Because of Him, He saved you if you accept Him. And that's what we told the children throughout the week. If you believe in Christ and you accept Him, He can change your life. He came into this world to change your life. And as He changes us, that we would be so filled with Him that we couldn't help but go out and tell others about what He's done in our life. Thanks for listening to FBC Summit. We are leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. For more information, visit our website, fbcsummit.org.